my mom was adopted and she didn't tell me she was adopted until she, until I was 12. And I was like, Oh my God, why didn't you tell me this? I was like shocked. And I'm like very much in, like, I wrote a book about my journey. So I'm like really open about it. And first of all, I thought it wasn't my history. It's the kid's history. So why am I hiding, hiding this? You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. All right, welcome back to the Story Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me another week and listening to all of these incredible women I get to have conversations with. I am beyond grateful for all of my guests sharing their stories to empower, inspire, and support other women going through life transformation. Today, I had the pleasure of speaking with Sarah Clark, and she shares her health journey and her own health transformation and everything she's gone through and discovering her own practice, and we will get to talk about it um, during our conversation. Sarah was only 28 years old, and when she received a diagnosis of premature ovarian failure, she accepted the diagnosis and had both of her children through the in vitro fertilization. Years later, she realized the root cause of her infertility was a food intolerance. Wow. She is a certified life coach with accreditation from the International Coaches Federation and a health coach with training from the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. She is the author of Fabulously Fertile, Supercharge Your Fertility Naturally, Fabulously Fertile Cookbook, and Fertility Preparation Program. Her fertility coaching program, which includes a functional lab testing, it also supports couples to make diet and the lifestyle changes that dramatically improve the chances of a healthy pregnancy and baby. On her Get Pregnant Naturally podcast, she shares that with functional medicine and the natural fertility solutions, we can eventually reverse infertility. Check her out on iTunes, Stitches, and Google Play. Sarah, I am so excited to have this conversation with you. Welcome to the Story Podcast. I am grateful for your time and connection. Awesome. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Well, before we get started, I'd love to have some rapid fire questions for all of my guests. I'd love to hear where you actually grew up and what is it that you wanted to do when you were a child? <laughs> Did you always want to step into health and wellness space or you had some other dreams and hopes? <laughs> Yeah, I, well, I grew up in Canada. I'm just outside of Toronto, and yeah, I literally never had the fertility coach thing in my in my. I'm a planner in my my list of things I was going to be doing. Yeah, I didn't really. I, I'm a planner, but as a as a kid, I didn't really have a strong path as to what it was I was going to going to do, and then I just sort of fell into HR and stayed there for 20 years. <laughs> oh my gosh, 20 years. Okay, years <laughs> in HR, and then yeah, switched over to fertility coaching. So yeah. When did you make the transition? I've been doing it for, yeah, like 10 years or so. Oh my gosh. So mm. half, a, half a decade, one place. I mean, yeah. a decade in one and two decades in the other. That mm-hmm. is incredible. Mm-hmm. Well, would you say you have some superpowers that would like to share with our listeners? Yeah, I think it's like I've always, like going to HR because I like people and, and this is, you know, helping couples get pregnant. So I just like being around people. It's all virtual. And my, you know, my business has always been virtual, but I just, I think it's like deep listening skills. And I just like, you know, HR was always kind of for someone who was a little bit nosy. Like I was always, I don't know, I just like to know everyone's business, but it was like, I, I liked connecting with people. 
and then like learning about them. And this is, you know, even on a deeper level where people are telling me stuff that they've never told anyone before. And so it's like a privilege to be able to, you know, guide people through this experience. And like my superpower would be, yeah, like listening and, you know, deeply, deeply empathetic. I don't, you know, I don't think I absorb all the energy that is given to me. Sometimes I have to like, kind of like, you know, wash it away. Cause it can be some like, you know, some tough, hard things. Yeah. I think that's, Oh my gosh. No, what you just said is so powerful because sometimes we forget the power of listening. And I know we're just so excited when we hear something, we just want to talk and we want to give advice and we just want to go, go, go. And I'm like, sometimes we just need to take a time out, have them talk. And I love the part that you're saying, like, you don't want to sound nosy, but like, honestly, that's like an incredible skill to have because you want to get to know them and you want to make them feel comfortable to tell you all that because as a health coach, like you want to know really what's going on. You don't want to hear like a cliff note version and for them sugarcoating stuff, like just to make it sound pretty. I mean, honestly, that's what they go to their doctors for Mm -hmm. and they come to us so they can actually tell us what's really going on into their life. And I'm a huge believer and like, I'm like, yeah, I love to be nosy too. I mean, that's why we're so successful helping, you know, like in your practice too, like helping them to get to their, you know, end goal and having babies and rewriting their story because they were able to find somebody like you to connect with and share their struggles. And yeah, so yeah, thank you for sharing that. That's a very incredible um, superpower to have Mm -hmm. for sure. Well, will you walk us through your own health transformation? I know we mentioned that at age 28, you had your diagnosis, but Mm -hmm. what was that like? What was life before that? Just if you can give a share your story and kind of walk us through your transformation yourself. Yeah. So I, so in my, in my early twenties, I had a regular period. So they came a couple times a year. At that point, I actually thought that was a great thing because I didn't have to worry about my cycle coming monthly. Obviously that's a huge more red flag that something is amiss. So I had a regular cycle as they came a couple. And before that, the cycle was heavy. I remember like being so heavy that it would like, I would faint a couple times just with all the blood. And then I started getting, I had some yeast infections I had great skin in my 20s, sorry, my teens. And then my 20s, I started getting like acne on my chin. I'm like, what's going on here? And then I had a weird fungal rash on my chest. And and so because of the irregular cycles, the first line of defense, I went to my physician and he put me on birth control. So I went on birth control for, yeah, like until I have a planner. So I wanted to have my, I got married at 25 and wanted to have our kids at 28. So I was on birth control all, all through there and then came off for 28 and my, my cycles were still irregular. So then I went to my OBGYN, got some testing, and that's when they discovered I had premature ovarian insufficiency or failure. I told the only way I'd ever have children is with donor eggs. And I remember her, you know, grabbing the IVF brochure on her shelf and giving me the 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 brochure to the clinic and saying, off you go. And I I didn't get a second opinion. I didn't take any time to grieve. I went like straight into action and got on a list for donor eggs. I'm like, okay, this is what I got to do. This is the path for me. I'm going to just get rolling with it. And this is like way back in the day when the profile like came in the mail. So I literally would like wait for the mail person to come and stock the mailbox waiting for the, the profile of the donor. And I'm like super tall, like six foot. So I, for me, I wanted tall donor. My husband's 5'8", so (laughs) that's fine for him, but I wanted to have, I wanted a tall donor. 
And obviously, you know, other, you know, physical characteristics too, to match up education. So you basically get the maternal and the paternal histories back to the, the great grandmother and the, the, the great grandparents and the, the medical history. So we got all that. And really it was on the second donor that we selected the one that, that matched the best. And we were lucky, on the, lucky enough on the first fresh transfer that we got pregnant with our daughter. And this actually, so back this, when we were doing this is in 2001, I guess it was 2000, we, that, that, no, yeah, 2001. We, what was I going to say? She, basically with that is, is I, someone donated her eggs to us because they were going through, she has male factor infertility. And in return for us paying for their treatments, she and then in turn donated half her eggs to, to me. So she had like 18 eggs and then she, so she donated half and then like quite a few of them fertilized. And so they implanted two and then we had two embryos left over. So we were lucky enough to have our daughter, my daughter's 19 now. So back in the day we're, you know, when I said donor eggs and people are like, I don't even know what that is. Now it's more common with all the IVF procedures happening and there's a little, people are getting, you know, donated embryos and embryo adoption. So I had someone on my podcast that came and she had two embryos that were actually, she adopted. They were waiting there on ice for like 13 years. So the natural siblings are 13 years old. So some pretty cool stuff that's going on. But yeah, so we, we had our, our daughter like very fortunate because there's still a 50% success rate of that working. People think they've chosen donor eggs and it's a slam dunk and not necessarily. And then, so we had two embryos left over. I want the kids really close together. So went back in and was super stressed to have them close together. So that didn't work. And then went on another list for another donor. And again, mailbox, all that came. And the donor profile, again, I wanted height and other you know characteristics. Found another tall donor. And then we were lucky enough on the first fresh transfer to have our son. So he's he's 16 and, and my daughter's 19. And then so then after I had after I had my daughter, my health took a nosedive. Where I remember I had like nine colds in one year. I thought it was great to put to have and they, every cold went to a science infection. I thought it was great to take antibiotics for every cold. Completely destroyed my 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 gut health. I started getting chronic bladder infections. Was peeing blood again. I took antibiotics for all the bladder infections to the point where I became allergic to all the different drugs that were for bladder infections. And it was the point I didn't know what I was going to do. And then, and then I also had, so I had dandruff, I had toenail infections. I had acne at that point, the bladder, the yeast infections were worse, the science infections, seasonal allergies. I had no seasonal allergies when I was a kid. And then all of a sudden I started, you know, being allergic to trees and grass and the, the, I did have a cat allergy when I was a kid. And then now that I couldn't even get near a cat now, I break out in hives. So all these things, although I, I wouldn't have said I was, if, if I filled out a form saying, are you healthy? I still would have said I was healthy. So I was still, you know, in corporate HR, I was still doing my thing. But yeah, my immune system was sucked. Like I loaded it full of all this antibiotics and I had no clue that there was anything else I could do. I literally be like, just go to the doctor and like write me the prescription so I can get back to work. And then that's where I discovered, so I wanted to bring coaching into the corporate environment. I took a life coaching course and that's when I had my own personal wake up call. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I love, I love coaching. And then I wanted, and I decided that really all along, I've always liked health and wellness. I, when I would read the paper, I would go right to the health section and like, I wasn't, I'm, I worked in for years in like engineering companies, male dominated technical equipment. Well, I don't even know why I was there. I didn't like any of it. Like, I didn't know I didn't like it, but looking back, I'm like, I don't even know why I was there. It was like, I like all this 
you know, health and female, like more things with women. And I'm in there with all the men. It was very strange. Yeah, I took the health health coaching course. And that's when I discovered I had these food sensitivities. So took out dairy and gluten, later took out corn. Lo and behold, the science infections started to go away. The yeast infections, the bladder infections started to improve. A couple of years after that, I did some gut testing, found out I had streptococcus and fungal infections and H. pylori. So my, my, you know, my stomach acid was low. So I was, you know, not absorbing all the, all the, the nutrients. And I, like I grew up in a healthy household, Both my parents have been vegans for like 35 years. So I, I knew that I knew the power of food, but I, I left and started eating a standard, you know, American or Western diet. Yeah. So I, I changed my diet, found out those gut infections, realized that actually the, the underlying issue of all of this was chronic stress. I actually would have said I wasn't stressed. I'm like, no, I'm fine. Cause I'm just like, get it done kind of person, you know, action, let's keep moving. And I had a lot, a lot of energy and thought I was fine. But looking back, chronic stress has been like in university, my jaw was like, so, so I couldn't even open it at one point. Cause I was like, so like tense. Yeah. I discovered this at 40. I was fully in menopause and then really now, you know, helping couples with low AMH, high FSH, diminished ovarian reserve, premature ovarian insufficiency or failure, get pregnant naturally, or they do need to go to IVF getting pregnant with their own eggs. So the functional approach can really give a lot of clues to help, to help people. So yeah, it was quite a, quite a journey that took me forever. Wow. And at least you had that eye opening moment. So now you can actually be the voice for other couples. And I love the fact that you're showing you're tall. I'm 5'11 also. So when I met my husband, he was like, you're average. I'm like, honey, 5'11 for a female is not that average. <laughs> you're tall. 5'4 is, is average. All my friends are like little pink, like little 5'2 people. And I'm like, okay, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was just interesting how you're meshing them. I'm like, yes, I definitely know that. And on the other hand, you know, he's 6'2 and then he will be like, oh, I am tall. And I'm like, no, when I wear my heels, I'm taller than you are. <laughs> so you're not tall. So I love how having this like different perspective of life, you know what I mean? But I love the fact that you're sharing that, like you had an aha moment and sometimes we just don't even realize, like you were just saying, like you're working in this like male dominant world and you're not even fitting in, but you're working 20 years, you just said. And I'm like, you don't even realize it till you come to like that breaking point. You're like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Like, what movie am I in? Is this the end? Is this the beginning? Like, and I'm like, call the director. Let's get me out. Give me a different script. I'm ready to rock and roll. And I love the fact that you're sharing, like you wanted to get a pill for everything you were having. And antibiotics are overprescribed to being on the pharmacist. And like, that's pretty much all we do, like, especially in the retail setting, that's all you see. And also the perspective from the patients too, like they go to a doctor, they want to walk away with a prescription. Mm -hmm. They get offended if somebody says like, oh no, it's just a viral thing. Just let it do its thing. It'll pass it on. And then you're like, no, give me an antibiotic. So we have so much education to do. And I love the fact that you're having a voice and you're spreading the knowledge of like, no, you don't really need that pills all the time. It's okay to not have any pills and just kind of look into food as medicine, like we're talking about. And corn allergy that you mentioned or sensitivity, not allergy, sensitivity is such a interesting factor in my own personal journey too. 
because I, you know, came in across like functional medicine, like from the functional medicine lens, like as last year, as I started doing my own health transformation and starting my practice. And when I did the food sensitivity test too, and I was like, corn was on the top of my list. And here I am, we would have movie nights with the kiddos. I mean, we're home. There's nothing else to do than to make popcorn and watch TV. So I was literally having popcorn at least two to three times in a week. And I would wake up in the morning, super gassy, super bloated. It's kind of uncomfortable to actually mention, but I'm like, okay, well, I'm just probably like, I don't know, just bloated. It's normal, right? It's okay. Like we all have it, but not realizing that's what's causing it. And my other one that I was like really surprised about was almonds. And I eat almond butter, almond milk all day long. That's my go-to snack. And here I am highly sensitive to this. So I want everyone to like understand the difference between like allergies and sensitivity since we're talking about, you know, some education here too. Like it's a huge difference. There's an allergy, like you said, you're allergic to cats. You know what I mean? You know, something is up, but there are some foods that we eat every single day. It might be one of the cleanest, healthiest things ever, but your personal body, your body's intolerating that. So you are getting inflammation. You might get headaches. You have low energy, whatever it is, like your body just saying, no, no, take this out of my diet. I don't like this, <laughs> but just because we're not allergic to it, we don't see like a rash or anything like that dramatic. We don't realize that it's actually, you know, something's going on in our internal body. So I want to actually hear your transition as you were doing your, you know, your labs and you're going through the, your certification and things like that. Like what was one of the biggest things that you learned as you're stepping into your own entrepreneurship world? Because again, you're transitioning from corporate to being an entrepreneur yourself. Like what was one of the biggest lessons that you learned looking back of like, and maybe something you should have done differently and you lessons you've learned as you were transitioning. <laughs> yeah. The whole business piece. Cause like, I've got a solid, you know, 20 years in corporate business background, but that doesn't mean I know how to sell. <laughs> so it's interesting. People are like, Oh, they get their credentials and Oh, the shingle goes up and Oh, the people just keep flooding in. This is not how it works. You know, I, I kind of did a lot of stuff backwards where if I had to do it again, I would, you know, build, build a community first instead of, you know, selling something to something that they didn't want and trying to figure it. So it's really taken me ages to really hone into my avatar. And typically it's similar to, similar to me and what it is, you know, their pain points and things like that. So I did a lot of things, wasted a lot of time. I was talking to my husband the other day and like when I first started transitioning to, to this, I literally was, it was ridiculous, but I was making like quinoa cookies and selling them at a, for, a farmer's market. I don't even know what I was, because I, I, and then I would be like, oh, you want to do some coaching kind of, because I, and I'm like, I'm not even a baker. I, I was in this church basement, like making these, these quinoa cookies. It was like, I kept thinking to myself, why am I here? And then I, I'd be in these different groups. I'm like, why am I here? And each one, there was a reason why I was there. Someone would give me one little tip and I'd be like, oh, I'm over there. So it did. I did a lot of messing around, wasting time. And I, my, my, my dad had his own business, entrepreneur. I saw him kind of have a lot of ups and then some downs. And, you know, I, I, I wanted, I, for years, I wanted to have my own business. I just didn't really know what it was. Because in the beginning of this, of the health coaching thing, I was going to write a book on weight loss. And I'd never even struggled with weight loss. Like, why was I writing a book on weight loss? I'd never, I'm like tall and thin. Like, that's just my makeup. I'd never had any, any issues with that. And then I'm like, your issue is fertility. Like not a lot of people have their kids with donor eggs. I just kind of like framed it that, I don't know, like this is very devastating diagnosis. And a lot of people are, 
they can't even move forward from that. But I had refra- I had framed it that other people had it worse than me. They had to go through years of IVF treatments and, and, and struggle where I'm like, oh, I had to go to donor eggs. I could just move quickly along the path. Yeah, so it, it was interesting kind of in the beginning where I did a lot of floundering around. Yes, and <laughs> I'm laughing, not laughing, but I'm smiling like ear to ear because that's exactly what people don't realize. And I hope they're listening to every word you just said because entrepreneurship life is not like, all glamorous. It's fun because you're creating yourself. You're learning, like you're saying, like you're, you're not even the baker. You're talking about make, making cookies. You had no weight loss issues. I hear, and that's the thing we don't know. And we just want to do something and we just get all excited, like going like in a million different directions. We're like, wait a minute, like what's my purpose? Why am I here? What I should be delivering. Right. And mm-hmm. I love the fact that you talked about building a community because that's a, such a huge, huge component. A lot of entrepreneurs for get about. And, you know, just even for myself too, I remember, you know, before I started my health coaching business, like I was like, I got to create my community first because I love being in the community. You know what I mean? I'm one of those people who had a huge weight loss transformation, hundred plus pounds of weight loss. That's my story. I'm not going to go talk about anything else because that's my story. And I should only talk about that. Right. But the fact that building a community, whether it's through the podcast, through the Facebook groups, like it's so important because again, once you become vulnerable and you're sharing your struggles and your stories, it just opens up to so many doors. So many more people just like, oh my gosh, I can totally relate to this. I can totally understand where you were or why you made certain decisions based on what was given, the fact that was given in front of you. You know what I mean? With no judgment, with no stigma of like being afraid of sharing their story. And that's why it's so important to find your tribe and love them hard and really learn from one another. And especially women nowadays too, like sometimes we hold back of our struggles we're having, especially like you said, fertility, you know, issues is, it's a very sensitive topic. Very sen- And I know for a fact, I know a handful of ladies who yet to tell their, you know, outside of network, like issues they had. And I'm like, girlfriend, share your story. You're going to save someone else's life it's okay. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with you, quote unquote. You know what I mean? There's, you're not broken. You're, you just have to have some other struggles and it's okay. So um, I'm glad we're actually having this conversation because that is such a huge part of everyone's journey, especially if you're an entrepreneur, if you're stepping into this transition world, which a lot of people are nowadays, everyone's looking for additional stream of income or anything that they can do to bring their purpose into life. So thanks for sharing that. I, I can totally relate to totally, totally relate to that one. And Sarah, like looking back to your own journey too, like I know you said like you, you know, it didn't take too long of a time for you guys to go through the fertility, you know, like finding the donors and the match and getting pregnant. Like, did you feel like comfortable sharing your story at that point? Or you were like, again, one of those women who were like, just kind of stuck behind like, nope, it's a personal thing. It's between me and my husband. Will you open sharing your story at that point? Or what was your experience like? Yeah, I'm like, so my, my parents, my mom was adopted and she didn't tell me she was adopted until she, until I was 12. And I was like, Oh my God, why didn't you tell me this? I was like shocked. And I'm like very much in, like, I wrote a book about my journey. So I'm like really open about it. And first of all, I thought it wasn't my history. It's the kid's history. So why am I hiding, hiding this? And, you know, and so I told them very early and people said to me though, are you going to tell your kids? 
I'm like, of course, I don't like this whole secret. Now, it's a very personal decision. Many people haven't told their children because there's really how would anyone fill out. But then, then there's a, then there's a, because it's not a secret. It's like my, I just said my eggs weren't working. Mommy had to borrow eggs from another lady and told them when they were like, you know, four or five. Yeah, so I've been very open about it. I think that's where, that's just my personality though. Like I'm like overly honest. So I'm like, I just thought I'm like, that's just going to be me hiding something. And why do I have to hide anything? And that didn't, didn't really resonate. And I really felt it was not about me. It was, this is about them. Like one, one kid wants to look at the history. The other one is not interested yet, but we just talk about like my, my son is like, he, he's kind of funny. He was like, I was trying to explain to someone from a donor aid, but he goes, it was just too complicated. So I just tell them I'm adopted and I'm from Ohio. <laughs> like, okay. So yeah, cause it's like, okay, the egg and the sperm, all that stuff. Yeah. It is a very personal decision that people need to do what feels right for you. I'm, I'm very open. Yeah. And the fact that you had your own personal, you know, experience with your mom being, you know, told that she was like your grandma, you said, right? Um, that she was adopted yeah. at that age. You realize that like, it's not about you, it's about them. And that's a huge, huge, huge difference because a lot of times we make decisions and it's all about us. <laughs> How am I going to be looked at? How are people going to think of what I did? Like, am I going to be judged? Right? It's all about us, us, us. Like, but you just made an incredible point of like, it's not about you. It's about them and they deserve to know and let them decide how they want to take that. Do they want to share with their friends or they want to say they're adopted or they're from Ohio <laughs> versus Canada, whatever, right? Let them make that decision when it's the right time, but at least you are giving them opportunity to choose and, uh, you know, have a voice. Like you say, it's a definitely a personal experience and, you know, there's nothing right or wrong, but I just was like really curious of like how you ended up like being an open book and sharing your book. And speaking of which, I want to talk a little bit about your practice and how our listeners, you know, can work with you. What's the best way to get hold of you? Of course, I'll put everything in our show notes as well too. But if you can give us a little bit of a background of your practice and what, you know, just walk us through it. If I was your client, uh, what would they expect as they're working with you? Yeah, so we have a six-month couples coaching program. We have access to a lot of functional lab testing. So we do food sensitivity testing using blood. We do hormone testing using urine, stool testing, looking at the DNA of the stool. And we do hair tissue mineral analysis testing. So you can see a lot of people that are well-fed but, but malnourished. And then we do a blood chemistry review, not to diagnose but to educate. So we use all that testing together. So typically we're dealing with female factor infertility, but more and more like infertility can is 50 50 so more and more we've got someone with female factor infertility and then we also have a male with you know him his semen analysis things can be off there so the testing would be if it's there's a, a male factor issue we'd have the testing for both otherwise we would just do the blood chemistry for the for the male partner and then see if there's anything that kind of comes up kind of comes up there so all the testing tells a story together with the health history and really looking for, for, for missed healing opportunities. And then we make those targeted diet and lifestyle changes. Typically, we start people off by doing elimination diet, which is the gold standard for food sensitivity, taking out the top allergens and then systematically reintroducing them. And then we would tweak it with the food sensitivity testing. And then sometimes if there's autoimmune or if we see there's a lot of inflammation going on, then we may recommend an autoimmune protocol diet, so AIP diet. So those are the, the testing piece, but it's a really, it's a, a mind, body, spirit approach where we, we look at the body, like the biochemistry, what's, what's off there, if there's, and we see themes of 
non-celiac gluten sensitivity. We see that like myself, I don't have celiac, but non-celiac gluten sensitivity. We see blood sugar imbalance. We see thyroid dysfunction all the time. We see gut infections and then the environmental toxins of all the stuff that we're exposed to, pesticides and herbicides. So we look to reduce that from the biochemistry. Then the mindset piece with fertility, there's a lot of comparison, jealousy, frustration, feeling stuck, left behind, everyone else moves on with their life. So a lot of mindset issues around that. And then the spiritual side of things of maybe feeling they've lost hope or they're not sure if this is going to work. And you know, where you start, you know, trusting the the doctor and the person in the white coat rather than yourself, you've lost your, you know, your intuition's been, you just don't trust yourself anymore. So really that piece is equally as important as us saying go gluten-free. So it's that mind, body, spirit, we layer it all in together with your partner. The beginning, I was just coaching women and I'm like, it's the partners is missing this equation. And he's got it, even though you know, he may not have a diagnosis. He still needs to make the diet changes, lifestyle changes, work on sleep. And then, yeah, so then getting pregnant naturally, or if they do need to go to the clinic, you know, improving their chances of success. So it's just a really, like people tell, it's like a life-changing thing when you look at all of this and you're like, what the heck? How come I didn't know about this? Why didn't anybody tell me? Like that pill for an ill approach, right? It's, it's this is root cause, digging in deeper, and you can really identify you know, I haven't had one person come in and it's just the diagnosis and then everything else is fine. There's always other things off. Otherwise you'd be pregnant because the body does not going to you know, prioritize your reproductive system. It's prioritizing your survival. And so, yeah, lost, lost to help for sure with the, with the program, but yeah, they can, they can find me on get pregnant naturally. It's on iTunes or, or Spotify and also there's a fertility diet challenge. They can go to fertility diet freebie com, and they can uh, pick up. There's some chef prepared recipes and start cooking with their partner and figure out how food impacts their fertility. So the fertility diet freebie. Yay. Oh, this is all incredible. I'll, I'll make sure we have all this in the show notes as well too. And when you are making those changes and you're cooking healthy, just don't forget to tag her on Instagram. And <laughs> you guys, we love to see us as much information was providing, but we also want you guys to take action and do something about it because a lot of people will listen, they get inspired and they just don't do any action. So Yes, we want to educate. Yes, we want you to inspire and open up your eyes that there are alternative ways of healing your body, but we want you to actually take action. So whatever little step action you're going to take today, that's going to have to do with your health and wellness journey. Just don't forget to take a screenshot of the podcast or tag us. We'd love to see you and support you. And we would love to hear your story because again, everyone has something they should be talking about. So thank you again so much. This has been so incredible. I love connecting with other like women who kind of rewrite their story and they are becoming the voice and the advocate for, you know, their passion, like why you were put on this planet, what to do, <laughs> not to be in HR. No, your zone of genius is definitely something else. And I'm so glad we found each other. And we had this incredible conversation. And I am just again, beyond grateful for your time. Thank you so much, Sarah, for being on the story podcast, my dear. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for investing your time with me on the story podcast. I am so grateful for your support 
and hope you feel empowered and inspired to give yourself permission to rewrite your story and become the best version of yourself. If you love this episode as much as I did, please take a moment, screenshot, and share on Instagram. Don't forget to tag me at Dr. Christine Manukin so I can personally thank you and welcome you to our community. You never know who needs to hear this episode right now. And I would be so appreciative if you would head over to iTunes, press subscribe, and leave a five-star review of the show. This way, together, we will expand our community and reach and empower more women. If you want to meet real-life Wonder Woman, let's connect on my Instagram at Dr. Christine Manukian or my website, drchristinemanukian.com. To be featured as my guest, please email me at drchristine at story.co. Until next time, live with passion.